Welcome to Rethink Reality, a podcast for creatives to learn, adapt, and future-proof themselves for the XR revolution. Tech guru Don Allen III has conversations with innovative players in the AR, VR, and XR space. Develop your knowledge with expert advice and get ready to rethink reality. Hey, I just want to jump in real quick before we start the podcast and say that this particular episode does cover some more adult themes and topics. So if you have any minors listening, maybe just give it a heads up. We talk about um, drugs a bit and psychedelics. So that's just a little disclaimer. Um, but let's go ahead and start the podcast. It's a really cool episode and an amazing conversation anyway. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Rethink Reality. My guest today is Chris Pelk, Smashroo creative director and AR effect creator that taps into the primal and modern human needs. Welcome, Chris, to the podcast. Spoke, I'm creative director from the Netherlands. I work at a really cool company called Livevol Group. The cool thing about that company is we do a lot of digital stuff. One of the, those products is AR, especially AR effects on uh, Instagram. As a creative director, you work a lot with your head and less with your hands. And I was searching for a new, uh, a new hobby. The opportunity came to uh, join a closed beta group for Instagram to create effects. I started that and it was really, uh, it's really fun and uh, a successful uh, um, thing to do. And I'm wondering if you could just take us through a day of what is it like to be a creative director for such a modern tech content producing company? Uh, being a creative director, uh, the challenges and goals are so diverse that I also have to come up with diversity in solutions <laughs> and in products. So a working day for me is like a roller coaster ride. One minute I'm working on a Spotify homepage takeover for a Netflix uh, series. The next I'm uh, developing a brand identity and an hour later I'm creating an Instagram effect for a famous music artist. It's really uh, challenging and not one day is the same as the other. You do a lot of augmented reality design and uh, I know that recently you became a Spark AR partner. You're part of the Spark AR partner network and I was wondering if you could share with us like what does it mean to be in this network? For now it's mainly the potential it's, it can become because who knows what uh, crazy stuff will happen when the 77 top AR experts join forces. You know there are, there are names in it, uh, brilliant persons, uh, brilliant minds like Mark Wakefield, Just Beckwith, uh, Nolan Chief. Uh, Chaliha, Mate Steinford, and many others uh, like yourself then. And we have to see what, what happens, you know. In addition, being a Spark AR uh, partner is also a kind of uh, Facebook seal of approval. So clients may rely more on your skills and hopefully let go uh, a bit of the, the reins more, you know, so that you can go wild for them. I might be wearing a Facebook project uh, Aria AR glasses in the near future. It sounds fun. I'm happy to talk to more folks from the Spark AR Partner Network. We're learning what that means as we speak. You mentioned this thing called Project Aria. What do you think that's going to be? Because <laughs> I know it's <laughs> not totally out. <laughs> I'm almost uh, myself here too. <laughs> I, I know it's going to be like a device that's that that's monitoring uh, you uh, while you're wearing it. You, it's it's viewing your world and it's monitoring that. And they they tell us uh, it's it's safe. Huh? You have your uh, privacy uh, things in it, but still it it feels uh, it it feels exciting to to join such uh, such thing. But what it's what's the potential of Aria? It's like uh, yeah, you don't have to look through your phone uh, anymore. You know the world 
world you're facing uh, is constantly getting a digital layer up on it. And for us AR creators, that's that's uh, that's a playground. You can you can play so much uh, so much digital information and worlds and exciting effects for people to enjoy um, wearing those glasses. A lot of my effects I make on on Instagram are a little bit trippy. It's a, it's a bit like you have you have uh, take uh, take LSD or another kind of drugs, you know. With those glasses, uh, th that experience is gonna gonna be much much closer to the person to to enjoy. So it, it, I hope uh, I can make effects in the future that really gives you that feeling uh, like you have taken drugs <laughs> to replace real drugs, maybe. I mean, that's a pretty interesting concept because these like you know hallucinating drugs will play with the visual perceptual systems of the brain and you know project new images onto our visual cortex so it's like very interesting that we're at this point where we can use technology and art to kind of generate hallucinations that are you know not that aren't really you're not like chemically taking anything but your brain is going to do the interpreting and like recreate the chemical processing of those trippy experiences it maybe even goes uh, farther than uh, than taking real drugs but because the AR creator is more in control of uh, what what the user experiences I think you go you can go farther than the real drugs how much stuff we're gonna uncover about our brains just in the process of you know making AR content for the future it's gonna be like this you know backwards compatible visual drug <laughs> that is gonna yeah you know it's like it, we learn about our brain and then we modify our brain and it's gonna go back and forth connect uh, an artificial intelligence uh, with it also you know so it's it's learning by itself and it's it's like uh, anticipating on on the user how his brain works it's it's fancy and it's dreaming and uh, but I think within four or five years you can be at that point you know in reading your bio and you had this really interesting comparison on, on how spark AR is similar to MTV and I would love if you could elaborate on that I sent you uh, like a little uh, little origin story of, of my of myself that's where the comparison comparison with uh, MTV is in. Becoming a, a creative director and AR creator started sort of for me when I was eight years old. It was 1986 and MTV was the pl platform for music videos. Everyone was watching it and producers went wild with their creative videos. Run DMC came with their track My Adidas. Yeah, My Adidas and, and they came with that not because they, they were collaborating with Adidas. It was because everybody was wearing those Adidas originals. I, and I'm still wearing those. It's my favorite, uh, my favorite shoe. Nice. And uh, <laughs> Adidas uh, saw the massive reach and opportunity uh, to approach the, uh, a new target group. Uh, so they hooked in and they started a collaboration together. And that was the first moment for me. Uh, I know it sounds silly because I was eight years old, but it was the first moment I realized that um, that you can promote brands in an unconventional uh, way, in a creative way. Right. And it inspired me to become a creative director. AR, um, it, it didn't have that name uh, then. Uh, I don't know what we called it at, at that moment, but, uh, but it also came to my attention around that time. More precisely, it was the, the scene in uh, Back to the Future 2. 
I think everybody knows that scene uh, of the 3D shark biting Michael J. Fox, you know, from the billboard. <laughs> and it made me... And it made me so excited that I, I talked about it with my friends for at least uh, four weeks. But that's, that also was like, okay, it's, it's a movie. And, uh, but but uh, in my mind, it was like already possible. And, uh, and now we're doing it. We're making those stuff uh, done. And it's great. It's pretty um, amazing that a concept that was once sci-fi, you know, in a feature film become something that we are now regularly using and making and sharing. That little shift from going from like this was a sci-fi movie moment to actually this is something that we can totally make today. <laughs> like, Yeah, at that time it already triggered something in my head. It was I was dreaming about the potential of uh, digitally complementing reality. If you jump to the present and uh, end your question uh, how is SparkyR similar to MTV? SparkyR on Instagram is like what uh, MTV was as a platform with a wide reach and room to be creative. I'm having a, a lot of fun with creating awesome ARF with a lot of music artists because for music artists like Ozzy Osbourne or Afrojack, uh, but also brands like Disney, it's really blowing my mind. And it's a dream come, come true. It's a childhood dream come true for me. I, I definitely want to dive into you know a lot of like your experience with AR, especially working with bigger brands and businesses and you know celebrities and artists. How do you define AR? Because I know you know when you first were introduced to it in concept in that movie, we didn't really have a term to describe what that was. So I'm wondering today in 2020, how do you define AR? It's a digital layer that enriches the real world. In fact, it makes the world bigger uh, by building digital world. Above it, it's something we need because this planet we live on is relatively uh, small. We have to to broaden our uh, our world, and if you don't go and take a rocket to the stars, then we have to make digital worlds upon uh, the real world. I really like that visual of like we can't all leave this planet. Like, how about we make new planets here? Yeah, layers. It's uh, it's like like clothing. Uh, it's nice to have. layers. Layers <laughs> that you can take off or take on. <laughs> There's a lot of perks to having layered clothing. You can adapt yeah. different things. Maybe you're feeling like you want something warm in the moment, and then later you need something cooler, more breathable. <laughs> yeah, flashy, flashy clothesline. Uh, yeah, every everything you need, a sporty clothesline. We can make it. We can make it uh, in AR for this world. Do you want a sport, sporty-like world? We can make it. Do you like a trippy-like world? You, you're like uh, having a, a, a drug experience? We can make it. I try to get a lot of people motivated and interested in making and designing for AR. And you know, one thing I know for me that helps is like the opportunities that come from it. So I was wondering if you could expand a little bit on how does creating for AR lead to opportunity for you? It creates awesome opportunities. I've got a great example for you. That's how Disney found me. I have a six-year-old daughter, Abigail. She loves Frozen. And um, one day I, I created an AR effect that gave her the power of Elsa. By opening her, your mouth, you can freeze the screen of your smartphone. And, um, and when it was done, uh, my daughter was excited and, and she loved it. But 
when it was done, I posted a story about it and tagged a lot of Disney in it. Uh, Disney World, Disney uh, Company, Disney, all those Disney tags are put in it. And after a few weeks, uh, I was approached by Disney to create the same effect, but with original Frozen assets to promote Frozen musical in London. And since then, Abigail has been bragging to her friends that I know Elsa personally. <laughs> so so that, that's, a, that's a win for me. But I think that's, that's a good example that how easy it, it can be to create uh, awesome opportunities as an AR uh, creator. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing you say is like... You, you start off making something, you know, for your daughter, something that, you know, that would be interesting to her and something that would be fun to help her kind of reimagine, like help her be Elsa, you know, breathe some freezing air. You had the initiative to do that. Then you also were smart enough to tag the people that might want to see this. And then this led to this opportunity where they're like, wait, we want that too. We want this for Disney. Can you bring this here? That's, that's really yeah. exciting. <laughs> that, that's, that's exactly how it happens. That effect, uh, for, for Abigail, I, I, I put a lot of uh, love in it, you know, because it was for my daughter. And, and maybe that also helps. Uh, if, you, if you create something and you put a lot of love in your creation, then it will pay off, I think. Putting your love and passion into things, I experienced that as well. Like when I put a lot of love and passion into things, those are usually the things that people also seem to love. And it's making something from the heart versus just making something just to make something it has a different impact on the human brain that experiences it. Even like this this interview before before I start this interview, I'm I'm laughing I'm laughing a lot. Even even though you're not seeing my, me uh, smiling, you feel it in my voice uh, when I when I'm talking to you. And I think that that also works with uh, with with other things you create and and do. If you just yeah have fun with it, uh, put love in it and uh, nourish it, uh, then, yeah, great things can happen. I couldn't agree with you more. The way that you look at designing AR and designing is kind of basing your work off of primal human needs and modern human needs. And I'm, I'm curious if you can, like, maybe go into some details of what are some of those primal human needs? I use that a lot. Primal human needs are the strongest uh, uh, needs uh, somebody, uh, people have in them. It's built in your uh, DNA. For example, everybody has the need to express their feelings. And one of my, my first and uh, still viral uh, going uh, effects is focused on expressing the most powerful human feeling of all. And it's called love. So I used the most universal language to express uh, that feeling. And it was emoji. Love emoji was born. A program effect in which you are surrounded by a floating love emoji. And when you tap on it, you switch between love emojis. Um, the first time... Um, uh, emoji was used, by the way, in, uh, in AR effects. I'm, I'm a little bit of proud proud of that. Oh, I didn't know about um, that. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's cool. But, but okay. Um, the result is, uh, it was a very simple effect, uh, but very effective, because it's already been used like uh, 752 million times. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of those come from Asia, by the way. Yeah, in Asia, they love love emojis but um yeah it's, it's going strong it's going strong um but there are many primal needs you can focus on 
uh, basic needs such, such as food, drink, uh, sex, where when you use that, uh, people get a free and a warming feeling. Or uh, social needs, uh, belonging, affection, um, needs uh, with which your AR, AR effect is uh, shared among friends and loved ones. So that's uh, really stimulating the user-generated content of it, you know. Psychological needs, uh, AR effects that makes you feel like you're using digital drugs, um, for example. Yeah. So those are those are needs uh, that are, that are imprinted in our DNA. And in everything we do, we are uh, like stimulated or, or uh, searching for those uh, for fulfillment of those needs. And if you make an AR effect and you base it on uh, such a need, you you are sure you have like a, a large target group because we all feel the same. We all want to be loved. We all want to be like uh, yeah, uh, fulfilling those needs. If you find it difficult to think which primal needs you want to trigger, you can always take a look at uh, the Maslow uh, pyramid. Uh, it's a motivation, uh, motivational theory in uh, p uh, psychology mm -hmm. that clearly shows the, the hierarchy, hierarchy. I don't know how to, how to say it in English, but of human needs, and it's it's uh, it's like a like a, a fun. Um, uh, diagram of a, of a pyramid and you see all the those human needs in it uh, so you can choose which one you're gonna be focusing on yes yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of maslow's hierarchy of needs it's because it's because it's like what you said it's very clear like what what kind of needs are needed before you can like go to a more like higher level or a new degree of needs so you have at the very bottom of that pyramid you have your basic human needs like we're talking yeah. food and water and like shelter just essentials like you need this and then after that it goes into like like friendships loving and belonging then it goes into like like esteem and like self-worth and eventually the highest level is i believe um self-actualization when you fulfill your purpose your meaning your existence of your yeah. human self and yeah and, and that's 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 uh the highest form is also uh, a little bridge to uh, the modern human needs needs that are created or manufactured by uh, this digital evolution we are in it's really interesting way that it's manufactured by the digital world that we're living in yeah a lot of a lot of things we are doing uh, digitally uh, are manufactured before the smartphone. Uh, nobody nobody had the need for a smartphone. It's manufactured that need. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and self actualization, uh, the biggest uh, uh, of the the highest part of the that Maslow pyramid. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of things the, nowadays that that we are feeling pressure to uh, to be uh, talented or to to show our talents, they are that's also a need that it's uh, is fabricated. I think by social media, right? Do you yeah. say like um, so with some of these modern human needs, would you say like the need to be liked or the need to be followed or the need to be? No, no, no. no. I'm gonna give you a, an example, another example. Oh, I'm, I love examples. That's that's making things so much clearer. When I started creating AR effects for Instagram, I took a close look at the at the platform. Uh, I soon found out that uh, Instagram is the most <laughs> narcissistic platform. People like to show themselves, and if you like to show yourself, 
um, then you want to see yourself too. That's what that was my uh, uh, the thing I I, put, I took out of that. That's narcissism at at its best, and a human need that arose with social media. Um, I then created um, my revolution effect. And in, in this in this effect, you see yourself hundreds of times. It's like a one um, uh, one man army uh, you're you're looking at, and it's all uh, clones of yourself. Because if you if you like to see yourself, then you like to see yourself multiplied. And I was right. Huh? Revolution is still going viral, and it's being used around 800 million times. It's uh, it's almost the same as uh, as the emoji. Uh, uh, what's what's the most basic need I think to to have love? So then you have like a primal need that's that's uh, that's in our DNA. Eh? We want to be loved and we want to show our love, and it's going viral. But uh, on the other hand, we have like a modern need, uh, a fabricated need, and there was uh, uh, to to show yourself on social media, um, not not in. Uh, not one time, but hundreds of times, and yeah, both are going even evenly strong, and, that, and that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I think that's a huge statement. The fact that you know we can have a primal human need that we value almost as much as a modern human need that is fabricated digitally. That's like really fascinating that we that you can you can also it's so fascinating that you can tap into that into human behavior and like make something that they want to share that is relevant to an old need and to a super new need. Very fascinating to me. Yeah, it's very fascinating and and. Um I think the the cool coolest part of it is everybody can can tap into that because everybody has the same feelings, the same needs. So you, you just have to look at you, at you at yourself. What do you like to see? What do you like? Uh, wh which needs do you like to be fulfilled? And create a AR effect uh, on that, uh, focusing on that, and see how it goes. For those of you that are listening, that's some solid advice. If you are looking to make augmented reality, tap into what do you want, what do you need, and make that into a kind of experience that other people would most likely also want and also need because we all have the same human needs. Yeah, that's social media. If you if you it doesn't matter if you make like an AR effect or uh, a simple post or uh, a, a big uh, online campaign. It's always good to to look at yourself. If you uh, if it would um, if it would talk to you uh, the product you're making, and if you were um, yeah we're go if if it if it will uh, encourage you. To spread it to to the world and uh, and and make uh, user generated content with it. That's incredible. I mean, that kind of answers the other questions I had, which was like, how do you utilize basic human needs when generating filters? But I guess it expands to content. Any kind of social media is you just tap into these 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 uh, aspects about being human, and it becomes something that people care about and can relate to and want to share and communicate with how social media attempt to address uh, human needs. It's so logical because it, ar it arose from a need. Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook because he recognized that uh, as a human, you like to pick at other humans. <laughs>
<laughs> you you like to you like to see what what, what keeps people busy uh, and if if uh, that that chick uh, already has a relationship or uh, you know <laughs> you you like you like to see that as a as a human being and um, and to be able to anticipate uh, um, when you make contact. That's like, uh, is it like humans like we want to be nosy and we want to gossip about each other other humans yeah 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 sure and uh, and we like to to look to look at people uh, it's it's when you when you're sitting um, in the summertime uh, with with a with a beer in your hands you you're sitting there and you're looking at people and you can waste a lot of hours uh, by doing that yeah. <laughs> it's true that's so funny <laughs> it's just it just cracks me up when you say it out loud and it sounds so logical it feels a little weird to me initially because I'm like you're right like we do we do look at people and we are interested in looking at and peeking into other people's lives but it just sounds so strange like that Mark Zuckerberg noticed that back in like 2007 2008 and then now we're still very much a product of that observation that, that he had made years ago yeah yeah it's it's brilliant that guy that, that's so brilliant and uh, go, the go there's a lot of stories about that at that time uh, and uh, there's a movie about it and uh, in the movie I think it's it's mostly based on that that he, he wanted to get a relationship or, or something like that with a girl but uh, but wanted to know if she had a partner and that's not true that's not true mm-hmm. he, he just realized people like to watch other people and that's going on strong uh, yeah still still going on strong stronger than ever i think yes thank you for that like detail and this is like it's so helpful kind of hearing it from another creator who's also in like the same space of like designing content digitally you know it's like i love hearing your mindset and your perspective so thank you so much for sharing those how would you explain ar in this case let's say to your daughter like how did you explain what this elsa filter was going to do how did you tell your kid this is what ar is kids and uh, and teenagers they grow grow up with uh, with ar at the moment so I have I have another daughter. She's two years old, uh, Gwendolyn, and she's already uh, tapping uh, uh, through YouTube f- videos, and uh, they don't have to learn about it. You know, it's more difficult. Normal. Yeah, it's normal for them, and uh, it's more difficult to to explain to an all adult. <laughs> Yeah, the adult. Only the word augmented reality uh, alone confuses them. <laughs> it's what are you talking about? And augmented, and it's it's uh, yeah. And I often explain it. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier um, that it's it's simply a digital layer uh, that you that we put on the real world, and it enriches the real world either in a functional or non-functional way. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so fascinating. Like, especially because like if you're working with other brands and stuff, a lot of those are run not by children yet, or at least those kids haven't grown up yet. So you're in this space. You're talking to a lot of adults that don't understand AR. They get scared of hearing the words augmented and reality they're like what do you what is this so i guess what you're saying is you just kind of really reiterate to them that it's a digital layer that we're overlaying onto your world that can enrich your world yeah and it's it's enriching um so far that people like to share it also so uh they they're using the filters and uh they are happy 
about what they they uh, see in the filter. The the, the digital layer uh, makes them excited. From that excitement, they share it to their uh, in their network or, or to their loved ones or the family, and they share it also. And it's uh, a waterfall of uh, single effect you make as as a brand. A lot of branded filters that that are using logos in it and. Um, I'm I'm not really sure if that's the trick. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody wants to. I know, what you, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> nobody wants nobody wants to be a walking advertisement. And uh, <laughs> the main goal I think for for uh, a creator to uh, when they have like a project for a brand is to convince the the brand <laughs> to don't uh, don't use logos uh, or a lot of text in it. Try to make indirect connections with the brand. So if you if you're doing something for Coca-Cola, you don't have to put a logo of Coca-Cola in it. You just uh, have to have to put cola in it. So let the user bathe in uh, in cola and uh, blow bubbles with with a mouth or something uh, just from the top of my mind. But but you don't have to show that logo of Coca-Cola. Maybe even uh, only the the, the Coca-Cola red is uh, is uh, efficient enough. Try try to be creative with with uh, branded filters because when uh, shared uh, a branded filter, they're always is uh, a reference to the brand. Yeah, there's a little uh, a name on top of it, uh, filter by Coca-Cola. So you don't have to put those logos in it. So like in the case of Coca-Cola, like their brand, they don't really sell Coca-Cola, they sell happiness. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a re I'm happy you are saying happiness because the biggest thing you can win as a brand when you, when you create uh, an uh, AR effect, the user experience positively and that positive experience is anchored in the brain of the of the user uh, and when it's anchored in the brain uh, also the brand is anchored in the brain that's the biggest win yeah when you can get that piece i mean i know for me recently like i had my first like really successful personal filter because i've done a lot of filters for brands and like i usually can't like share too much about them but the ones mm -hmm. like for my personal brand um i did one that just kind of like from my heart it made it a really cool witch hat that you get to wear for halloween and then just oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a cool one. Yeah, that that's a, that's a cool one. And it's it's um, the good thing about that filter also. It was at the right moment. Huh? Halloween. Uh, you have uh, your 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 cool head on it. Um, everybody turned it into a tool for karaoke. So a lot of people played this one song. They all played that song and did like a karaoke number in front of their you know Instagram camera with the hat on. And I was just like very fascinated by that. Like this became so comfortable to sing and perform. Form. Yeah, like that. That blew my mind because, like, I feel like without the hat on, maybe the user wouldn't feel like they were a witch, and they might not feel like they were performing or like were able to perform on a stage. But as soon as the hat was on and like the magic was there, suddenly the user was like, "I can perform now." Yeah, it, it's helping them. But also, that is a is a human need uh, done. The need to the need to sing. Oh, really? We, we, yeah. Hundreds of years ago, we are already, we were singing and dancing. Yeah, as a, as, as a, so that, that's, that's also a need to sing. 
it's yeah. it's all about the human conditioning and keeping it, keeping it healthy and and if your effect with with the, the the head is helping people to get loose yeah that's that's great that's 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 gold you know <laughs> the number of captures with it was absurd for me i hadn't seen anything that like that before people were using it and then sharing it i was just like wow this is really fascinating so i'm gonna definitely take a lot of lessons from what you're saying here about like tapping into our human needs kind of really being considerate about what exactly does this filter do like does it actually help you know in a uh, human need or is it kind of like pointless <laughs> Yeah, and and um, I, I'm gonna tell you another thing. Um, so you see, you see a lot of people using your effects, and sometimes those uh, those things they are doing in your effects they aren't pointless, you know. But it's always good to take a look at their uh, Instagram accounts because a lot of those people they have talents. Uh, the one uh, one. Maybe someone can play really good uh, violin. And uh, what I do is I approach those people. I, I, I compliment them. Uh, thank you for, uh, for using, uh, to having fun with my uh, effect. Uh, and I'm, um, but I'm also like directing them a little bit, uh, asking, asking them. Um, I see that you play uh, violin very, very good. Can you play that with my, um, with my effects? And then you get like, then you get like a, um, a video from that person. He's exciting to show his talents. That's also a need to show your talents. And when you have this video, you push that on your account and uh, uh, fill it with hashtags and, uh, and tags in it uh, to the right, uh, yeah, the right accounts. And then uh, you have an example for others. And other people will be using their violins, or will be using, will be singing your effects, or will be dancing in your effects. That is a huge gem. Oh my goodness, that's so good to go a step deeper. I usually thank people, at least, for using my filters and effects. But the idea yeah. of like then going deeper and like actually looking into what does this person like? What are they skilled at? Like what are they? What are they inspired by? Like what do they like doing? What's their hobbies? And then using that as a kind of a demo piece of how to use the effect to kind of amplify what you said a human need was of, you know, to share talents, to share your talent. That's, that's huge. And it's also, uh, it's also cool to do because everybody likes to hear they, uh, they are good at uh, something, uh, especially from uh, the creator of the effect they like. So it's, it's a cool thing. You have a cool, uh, cool connection with, with, uh, with somebody for a moment and uh, and they they give back uh, a video that's that that's an example and for others so it's leading by um, by yeah showing examples Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, that's like very helpful to hear. And I think the, the people that listen to this podcast, we have a lot of folks that are in the creative space. We have a lot of people in the business space. And I think that's going to help them to hear like this information. Uh, another question I wanted to throw your way was like, are trends, are there any trends that you see in this, in a space of filters or is it not great to follow trends? Maybe to go more off of humans? Well, 
that people like to experience something that feels familiar to them. Uh, nostalgia and uh, fandom, they play an important role in, uh, in, in a, lot of, uh, a lot of media uh, nowadays. Uh, you see a lot of uh, nostalgia TV uh, at the moment. You see a lot of, uh, uh, on Spotify, uh, um, the, the music they, they are listening the most are uh, like music that gives uh, that feeling and eh, nostalgia and um, and fandom uh, and 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 those two uh, are are trending in media uh, for all media so also for like ar effects your favorite cartoon uh, character or being uh, that that uh, manga uh, figure uh, so that's that's really big and Paige Piskin uh, she's a she's a great uh, AR creator, uh, she she is the queen of of that at the moment with her IG effects. If you take a look at her account, she she's got a lot of effects that turns you into uh, your favorite uh, cartoon character. What's um what's that user's name? I would love to take a look at their work or at least add it in the show notes. Yes. Her name is Paige. This P A Y G A. Uh, yeah, E. <laughs> Uh, Piskin, P-E-S-K-Y-N. Perfect. I will look into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really cool. Like someone who can tap into those trends. And she, and she really, uh, what she, what she, <laughs> what she also does is like uh, when she makes videos, and uh, we all make videos as AR creators <laughs> of ourselves with our AR effects. <laughs> uh, she also does does that, but. A really a smart way because she she also puts on clothes uh, that that uh, suits her effect uh, body suits cat suits she's cool she's cool you have to look into it I really like when people merge the AR filter with like actually physically doing something into the scene to the footage your face to the clothing to the world environment um, I love when they merge the two because then it, it really really starts to blend like the yeah. physical and the virtual world and i was really disappointed not to see you in like a witch's dress uh, when you uh, were wearing your ar hat <laughs> i know my bad <laughs> i had no idea that it would go uh that people would like it so much so that's good to know <laughs> yeah i know i know <laughs> i bought more um futuristic looking jackets because i want to do a lot more sci-fi cyberpunk kind of style filters so i'm going to use that kind of lesson of um adding a little bit of like physical fashion to the virtual digital fashion. If you're having problems uh, making videos of yourself with uh, with AR because you're you're not that pretty or uh, you're just goddamn ugly, um, <laughs> the same advice as uh, with with people using your effects and ask them to play violin. You can ask people like, I have a cool AR effect. I love your look. Could you make a video for me? Have someone model it, you know, if they're yeah. into your work and also maybe they're into themselves and they would love to see themselves featured. That might be a great opportunity to like help people see, you know, here's what a filter can look like on someone who yeah. feels really good about the way they look. <laughs> As, yeah, what, I, what I told you, a lot of people, uh, they love to... to uh, to show themselves on Instagram, so it's 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 a good thing to ask. I think. What was life like before the smartphone? 
for our guests here. That don't oh my god, I feel I feel like like a dinosaur now. <laughs> I, I'm with you too. I also remember the time before smartphones. Yeah. Like, the newest generations, they don't know that there was anything like this before. Like I know, I know. Uh, what I remember best is that uh, of the time before the smartphone is uh, is the freedom you had. Uh, as a child, I could not be traced by my parents. So I could do all kinds of mis- mischief without them knowing, you know. And that's, that's, that's a thing uh, kids nowadays don't have. We, we see you. We see you. We have a chip implanted in you. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, my God. You're right. We have your GPS. We know how we can call you right away. Yeah. We can see your photos that you're taking. They're time stamped and their locations are based in there. And <laughs> yeah. That's the point. So the freedom. There used to be freedom before smartphones. Yeah, freedom before smart. Freedom from the digital world and be t- being traced. And uh, my parents don't don't know the half uh, of what I what I did as a child. Uh, still, they still don't know the half. <laughs> those of you listening that's what smartphone that's what pre-smartphone life was like complete freedom parents didn't know anything about what you did who you were with what you're like yeah that's 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 a really good way of putting it i'm gonna explain that to my little cousins (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what it's like imagine if you didn't have a tracker on you all the time that's what it was like all the time (laughs) yeah and, and also it's it's because yeah, we 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 didn't had a lot of um, a lot of things to do on a smartphone. We didn't have a smartphone. Uh, sometimes you were, you was like bored. You're feeling bored, <laughs> and I don't I don't know if if kids nowadays have that feeling anymore. Being bored, you know, having nothing to do. <laughs> Right, because I heard someone in a, in a panel, they were jokingly saying this, but I thought there was some truth to what they said. They said, we have cured the human problem of boredom. Yeah, I think so. I think and so. Because like, like now, when someone's bored, you immediately, as, as of right now, this is 2020, you pull out your phone and you're, you're checking social media, usually. That's what happens if, some, if someone's bored. Um, there's not this moment where you're just idly left alone, like to your own thoughts. In the future, I mean, I feel like we won't even have like any form of boredom because you know, if we're wearing our contact lenses that are you know emitting light, and you know, if, if your smartphone is replaced by contact lenses uh, eventually, then we have a situation where like I don't even know if that makes you human anymore or that makes you like a post-human. I think uh, there there are a lot of a lot of dangers. I think uh, if we if we enter that stage. But um, fears? Do you have any fears about uses of AR? What I'm fearing the most is like uh, AR advertisement. Imagine you you are walking the street and 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 you're using like lenses or little projectors on your nostrils or or something like that. So you're constantly having. uh, also are walking through the digital world, then a lot of people are gonna gonna make uh, 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 yeah, take opportunity of that and and they're gonna spam the hell out of you with uh, with annoying uh, figures and characters that are pushing you to buy stuff. You have like uh, sales people uh, on, on the doorstep and uh, when they are talking to you, they are also reading in on your uh, 
personal information. So they, they know, they know too much about when they're talking to you and, and gets, can get really tricky, trickery with it, uh, with their, their selling products. Two of your fears are really having to do with like the lack of privacy and the kind of bombardment of advertisement. That's something I think you always have, uh, in control because you are the one that are uh, like uh, instructing your device uh, what you will see. But just like the smartphone, uh, nobody does restrict that thing. No? Right. It's, it's, it's you, you have that uh, from the package, you want all those features uh, that it's offering. So you, you leave it open and you click on the agreements and... <laughs> you know, like, yeah. How they make those agreements though, they're optimized to have you not read it for like three reasons. One, they keep the font size really tiny, they keep the text really dense, they make it like 60, 30, 40, 50 you know, pages. And then they also make the button blue and easy to <laughs> thumb is like yeah. so much easier to say yes I have read and accepted than it is to yeah. actually have that understood um, the language is written by lawyers and contract law experts everybody from adults and minors are all hitting I accept and agree that's the world we live in now and um, we'll see if, the, if that's also the case in the future but I think it will be and uh, in the western world it may be uh, a little bit less but in uh, in the in Asia and uh, you will be like bombarded and spent by uh, AR uh, it's gonna be a really crazy time um, not only uh, for selling products in AR but also um, trying to get people experience things in AR like there are gonna be uh, religions and churches that trying to hook you in when you're walking by or um, yeah I'm, I'm, this might be weird, but I'm kind of excited for that. The fact that there's going to be a very different way to be a human very soon. It's going to be very soon. Yeah. Like it's going to be a lot sooner. And then what's going to happen just like smartphones is it's going to become normal very soon where it's just like, of course it's like this. Yeah, but it's uh, it, there. There is a reason why all big companies, uh, Apple and Facebook, and uh, they are all investing billions in into AR. Billions. <laughs> a lot of money. It's a it's, lot. It's the it's the new smartphone. AR is the new f smartphone. It's the most logical thing for humans uh, to do. Uh, it has, uh, coming back to building a digital world on reality because we live in a small world, an overpopulated small world. Overpopulated small world, and then we have to, I mean, it makes sense. It, may, it makes a lot of sense that they're putting like multi-billions into this space. Yeah, but have, have you ever thought about uh, like uh, restrictions to the real world? Uh, so we are having a climate uh, problem and uh, there, there's going to be a point that uh, we don't we don't have the, the capabilities anymore in the real world that we have now to drink a glass of water or to to, to fly with a plane. And that's why um, and that's that's also a reason why AR is going to be huge because people are gonna experience and, and uh, things um, in a digital way 
but with devices it feels like real. Uh, so if you can't drink a glass of water anymore, there's gonna be a digital glass of water that gives you the experience of your your you are drinking a glass of water. I mean, I'm hearing to you say this, and I I agree, but also at the same time, that that one kind of breaks my heart. You know, like yeah, because I think about it, I'm like. That sucks, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it sucks, but we we, we have to do it to um, extend the time we have uh, uh, living on this world for us and our children. Uh, we have to eat uh, insects, and we have to eat. <laughs> yeah, we have to be. Uh, yeah, it's 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 um, it's going that way. Eventually, there might be experiences that are so much more preferred in AR and VR and XR related technologies that reality is like not what you want to be in for most of the time. I feel like, I mean, we're not there yet, but I feel like every um, month we're getting closer to this option where, you know, if things are seamless, you know, you have this inner, you know, it's easy uh, time transferring between your multiple, you know, realities. Eventually this physical one will be like interesting. I mean, already I already, I see it like right now with the fact that, you know, there's no boredom anymore. You want to escape, it, like, it's very easy to escape into a virtual network. But then if we, if we, if we start accompanying more senses and like even, you know, tying stuff to your brain and your eyes and your new haptic feedback, smell, touch, taste, all this kind of stuff, you can maybe eventually simulate your, uh, any reality that you want and have it feel more immersive than any reality you could have physically experienced. Yeah, and it's gonna be, uh, you know, you know that movie Ready Player One. I think that that's a possibility where we are going. Yeah, the world is is so shitty that we dive into uh, AR and VR or or things like that to escape uh, that shitty uh, real world. Yeah, I'm, I I totally see that as well. To flip things. On a positive note, uh, what excites you the most about the future of AR and VR and XR? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what me, what excites me the most is because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know things out. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to oh. leave on that note of like, wow, this sucks, and we're doomed. No, 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 no. <laughs> And we're we're not leaving on that note. Now, what what excites me the most is that uh, that's it's to be a part of that movement. Uh, we are now a part of that movement, um, and uh, um, even on some fronts, paved the way for future AR creators. So the things we are doing done is is paving the way for for future AR creators. And while paving the way, you can uh, determine a little bit uh, what that future also is gonna to gonna be if you keep your uh, positive positivity in your mind. And that's also why I'm so into those human needs, you know. It's important to keep those human needs close to the, the digital world. You, you always will be connected uh, to, to the human side of it. That's beautiful. And yeah, that's a great point. I actually do have some positive technologies that are, that are being used right now that if, if more people learn about them and start taking advantage of them, we might have a, a less dystopian AR future. Um, have you heard the term homomorphic encryption? No, no. Tell me about it. <laughs> I know it's a really heavy word and it's a yeah. heady concept. 
Um, I just learned about it this week, and I'm now obsessed with it because I think it's a very positive future for us. So homomorphic encryption. <laughs> it's the uh, it's a really cool technique with um, with machine learning that that was developed in 2009, where a user can engage with a computer. So like I can like ask it a question. Let's say I'll just give an example because you said you like examples, right? Yeah. So let's say I am a coffee drinker and I'm in a new town and I want to know where's the closest um, coffee house. So right now I might go to Google, Google Maps or something, and I look for coffee house. And then Google's going to then, uh, in, you know, decrypt my words and uh, understand some stuff about me. It's going to then process the data that I'm looking for. Then it's going to send that information back to me as the user. And so now me as a user, I'm like, cool, I know where the coffee shop is. But Google in this transaction also learns a ton about you. They know yeah. your GPS, your location, your time. Uh, they know like what's in your search history, what's in your cookies. They know who are your contacts. <clears throat> Excuse me. They know all this other information about you. So what homomorphic encryption does is it would be that same, let's, re let's revisit that same scenario. You go to ask Google, where's the note, closest coffee shop? Google knows nothing about you. They don't understand you as an individual. They don't know any of your demographics, what you look like, who you are. But it does all the processing in the cloud. It solves where, you, like, what is that query. It gets it back to the user, and it's basically blind. It doesn't know anything about the user other than its query and how to answer that query. Um, and this form of encryption is possible now. IBM invented it. However, it's totally not in the vested interest of any company to do this right now. No, no. Google's entire business is based off of not having homomorphic encryption. It's like the reason why Google Maps is, quote, free is because of all that data they get to get from you because you're using it. This goal, the goal of homomorphic encryption is to have true privacy and true autonomy when using virtual digital worlds where you don't have to be bombarded with ads just because you want to know something about the nearest coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, I understand what you're saying. In, in, in the Netherlands, uh, you get uh, a really different result if you use the word coffee shop. Really? But, uh, like. Yeah, in, in the Netherlands, where coffee shops is where you buy your weed. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, that doesn't mind. I think I think that's possible if uh, the new generations, yeah, getting smarter. Because right. if you if you put it in this generation, mm -hmm. yeah, pe most people are stupid, you know. Yeah. They they like they like to they, they like to be directed by by a Google and uh, so in the, in this age, I think it it wouldn't fly. But I, I can imagine that a generation later or or maybe another generation, it's it will be a thing. Yeah. Privacy it, your is very important. When your daughter grows up, do you think this would be something that her generation like cares about? My daughter is, is already uh, exposed mm -hmm. because um, yeah, my wife is also kind of a little influencer and she, she used a lot of photos also from my daughter and I also use videos of my daughter. So everybody on, uh, uh, on Google, uh, they, they already know, know my daughter. But <laughs> I think maybe it will grow within her generation. 
So when she's like uh, 17 or 18, privacy is, is going to be very, very valuable. Yeah, and like, she and she's yeah. gonna hate us because we used her uh, at this <laughs> time, right? Because yeah. like all, the, you know, we grew up without understanding the like the ramifications of data. So like, you know, we got a lot of we got a lot of babies that like have photos of them. They have social media profiles of them still in in like in in the uterus, like in their ultrasound, and like yeah, since yeah. they've existed, <laughs> there's been a social <clears throat> there's been a social trail of them, like a a time stamped record. A very detailed ledger of someone's existence but that would be really <laughs> yeah. funny to see like if her generation as she grows up is like no we're not going to do that i'm going to have like a super anonymous like you know no one no names no gender no no data until they're like of age and then they're like yeah i'm okay sharing my data with the Google gods, the, the Facebook gods, and the Apple gods. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's, it, it, it is, um, it's gonna happen because what I see in, uh, in the generations I've been through and, uh, and how I, I was like, uh, like a child and, uh, things that, that were like normal at that, that time, eh? like smoking and, uh, drinking at a young age. And that's all already changed. Uh, a lot of, a lot of kids are, are smarter and they are like, uh, um, aware of those things. And you, you can also see it, uh, at toys like Lego. Oh, you're so uh, I, uh, when, when I played, when I played with Lego, the blocks were like four or five times bigger than the blocks, uh, children are playing, uh, now, uh, with, with the same age. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a really good example. So, so people are, are getting smarter. Uh, I'm hoping people are getting smarter. Let, let's let's say it that way. I don't hope that people are getting more stupid because of uh, of the uh, all those things we information we can grab uh, very easily. Right. No. Yeah. Okay, that's well said. Thank you. Um, you know, I know we're about to wrap up pretty soon, but I had a couple questions left. Um, are you still good for time? Yeah, sure. Amazing. Um, I was going to ask if you have any favorite quotes. Yeah, I, I have. I have one. I think. Uh, um, do you know Douglas H. Everett? There are some people who live in a dream world, and there are some people who face reality, and then there are those who turn one into another. Oh man, that's a really good quote. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping that you, Don, <laughs> and, and myself, are one of those people that are turning that dream world into reality by uh, using AR. Oh my goodness! I can you say that um, person's name again? <laughs> I really, really like that quote a lot. It's uh, Douglas H. Everett. Douglas H. Everett. Thank you. I will be looking that up. That wow, solid quote. I I can't believe I haven't heard that quote before because it's it's so aligned with what I believe. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, thank you for that. Another question I had for you is um, if there's any books that you read or recommend people to read if they like like your mindset and the words that you're sharing. Like, you know, is there any books that you particularly like to read or have been yeah by? Um. I, I love dark fantasy and I, I, I seek out uh, fantasy because, um, 
yeah, reality is already happening around me. So fantasy is, is bringing me to, to other worlds. And especially books by Clive Barker. Do you know that writer? Um, I'm not familiar as well. <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> Clive Barker, and he, he writes uh, really dark uh, fantasy. Uh, one of the most famous movies that came from a book from Clive Barker is Hellraiser. A really, really uh, heavy, heavy, uh, dark movie. But uh, he, his books, um, if you if you want to read something from from him, and it's uh, then then you have to try Imagica. Imagica. Ima, 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 imagica. Oh, Imagica. With a with a G. Oh, and. Um, the cool thing about Clive Barker, he, he made his own genre. It's not dark fantasy, it's, it's Barkians, uh, they call it, I think. And what he built is really complex and large, uh, uh, complex worlds. Uh, he, he, he creates them in rhythm form. And uh, those words are containing a large spectrum of human and unhuman emotions and desires. That is beautiful, and uh, what, what a good inspiration to draw from you, especially merging your dream world with the physical world. You know, if you go reading into fantasy, then you can help like inform both worlds. What advice would you have for somebody who is new to augmented reality? Dive into communities, like like that Facebook uh, group uh, we uh, we started in uh, for for Sparky our creators. <laughs> dive into that because there are a lot of brilliant people they are willing to help you in your journey and you can learn it by by listening to the to those people and their tips and their their seeing example files and tutorials from them they are making making their own tutorials to help you so why why don't do that dive into that scene uh, make it a part of your uh, daily business to to look at that uh, that community uh, once a day, and and then you will see it will go very fast for you. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's definitely where I, I first started asking questions about augmented reality was right in that Spark AR um, creators community, and it was Mark Wakefield's who like answered my first question. Yeah, yeah Mar Mark is like, Mark is really cool. He, he started uh, at the same uh, time as I did, and Mark even helped me uh, to to be the creator I am today. Wow, yeah. I keep hearing that from people. Like, yeah, he's he's a big he's a big fire starter uh, for for the Sparky R uh, community. And now we're we are yeah with Mark in that uh, Sparky our uh, partner uh, network. And so how cool that. how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know. I was thinking about that too. Like even um you know a French singer. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's so cool. She's really the the um, what made her uh, a a art creator is is. Uh, her human side, you know. Yeah. She, she is her her story. Her is is so. Yeah, you have to look into it. I think uh, to to understand uh, what what I want to tell. So everybody, if you are uh, search for French singer and listen to her story because she, uh, yeah, Caroline, that's her name. 
yeah um she's she is uh, such a, a beautiful woman she was actually the very first person i had on this podcast no way yeah yes yes i'm I gonna look at her i interviewed the french singer caroline uh for like an hour and she shared i had no idea her life story i did not know any of it and it was beautiful and it makes so much sense and her her perceptions and her views it's just like really beautiful and and how she believes that mark wakefield's literally saved her life with augmented reality yeah and it's a little bit little bit true also mm-hmm uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer of uh, human strength and I, I, so I believe that if, um, if Mark wasn't there, she would uh, do it in another way. But um, yeah, for, for what's, what's happening now in her, uh, in her space, in her uh, life, uh, that's then, then it's true. It's, uh, Mark has helped her a lot. Yeah, I think that makes it easy for the listener. Just uh, look up that, uh, that podcast from you <laughs> episode one episode episode one reality. <laughs> yeah um, what are you looking to learn more about like where do you want to grow as a person as a creator as a creative director where do you where do you want to expand into next okay i'm i'm never uh searching for new um new skills or, or things to, to learn because um, learning new skills that, that goes easy for me so if I if I want something to make I just learn the skill uh, in, a, in a rapid time so I'm not uh, orientated on, on learning uh, at that uh, at that point but I always am learning by looking at life. Uh, because that's that's the the endless learning experiences uh, is in life and by learning about reality and by about life and how what drives people and what uh, what makes um, that that makes me uh, personally uh, respond properly with AR yeah I, I can I agree with that sentiment like yeah you'll you'll learn stuff on the fly when you need it or on this as needed to know basis and it's yeah, if you it 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 is it's a waste of time if you if you learn skills before uh, knowing if you're gonna use them for for products, you can you can better uh, just um, make a good concept, a good idea uh, from uh, and from that um, look at what you have to need to create that. It could be like uh, like AR, but it also could be just like uh, um, a torch to to burn stuff in uh, in a, in wood or or so to make there make a picture of that. Uh, you can you can go so many ways to create cool stuff, but it all starts with a good idea. Hundred percent. You can learn a lot from observing life. Like you can learn most things from observing life. Yeah, it's ancient, uh, so um, yeah. Why fuck with that? So, for the listeners that are here, what's the best way that they can get in contact with you personally, or even with your company uh, and your and the work that you do at Livewall? Uh, everybody can uh, can send things DM me uh, at uh, Chris Pelk uh, at Instagram or uh, make contact with um, Livewall uh, group by uh, by visiting um, yeah Livewallconcepts.com 
but um, I can ensure if you send a DM to my uh, Instagram account, uh, you get a reply because I believe strongly in um, in um, reacting to people in a way that I want to wanted to be reacted by my by by myself. So you have to treat people like you self want to be treated. And if I send something to you, Don, uh, by DM, and I and I don't get a reply from you, then uh, then I don't feel happy about that. Right. So that's why I always replying, even even the 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 nasty or the 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 evil uh, messages uh, I got. <laughs> I'm always replying and I always try to be. Um, be honest and um, uh, polite. Yeah, wow, we're very similar. That's really cool hearing you, you have the same philosophy <laughs> that I that I like to follow too with the online connections with people of like always responding as much as I possibly humanly can and being polite about it regardless of how toxic it can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be really really toxic. Uh, very, and, uh, and I've noticed that the toxi toxicity is going up <laughs> because of uh, <laughs> the, the time we are in, uh, the covid time, everybody is um yeah. But what uh, what I want to leave to to the audience is um Another quote. Yeah. This one is from this one from from one of my favorite uh, artists, Pablo Picasso. Mm. Um, and he said it, it best: um, "Everything you can imagine is real." Wow. Yeah, that's everything. <laughs> that's everything. So, sure, we're making digital worlds. And at this time, when we put on that digital layer on, uh, on, on things we are doing, that maybe it isn't real for, for a lot of people. But I, t I believe in the future that, that those digital layers we are creating, they're becoming real. I believe in the future that uh, kids are sitting at their breakfast table and they are wearing their lenses and uh, and they are uh, turning their parents into uh, Fortnite uh, figures. And for them, uh, if they keep that up for 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 a long time, mm -hmm. they they will uh, um, recognize their mother as that Fortnite uh, character or or their father. It's it's becoming reality for them. And what Pablo Picasso uh, says: everything you can imagine can be reality. Yeah, especially as we continue to merge these worlds together. You know, if we, if we keep you know, I, I believe in perception is reality. So it's like if, if we perceive it constantly, then it just becomes our reality. Yeah, that's that's what uh, what what he meant uh, with with that uh, with that quote. And um, I strongly strongly believe that. It, I think it's already happening. The way you see the world, uh, what's what's for you real? That's that is different for me. How I see the world and and how, what I think is real. That's also that's different. In our eyes, we have uh, we have uh, different uh, um, yeah measurements and uh, parameters of uh, how we see colors and how we see uh, forms. So hmm. I think reality isn't isn't uh, already uh, a fixed thing. 
I'm I'm with you on that a, a thousand percent. <laughs> this was so was so great to have you, Chris. Seriously, this was a you know, it's a it's amazing words that you have. You have such good advice and experience, and and also like the warmth in your heart and the passion behind your words is very clear. So I think it's going to resonate really well with the audience. So thank you again so much for your time. Um, I'll. Uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll hit the end button here and then, um, and then, yeah, we'll just wrap up. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Don. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rethink Reality. I am currently producing these episodes just out of my passion and my love for the space of XR and AI and AR and VR. Um, but since I am producing these solo, it is uh, a little difficult to make them up in time. I'm doing these on my free time. So if you've listened this far and you're interested in supporting me, I would love for you to support me with cryptocurrency. Yes, if you could um, purchase my crypto artwork on the crypto art marketplaces, that would be amazing. That's one way that you could totally support me that I would be thrilled by. And if not, that's cool too. This content's pretty much free, so just uh, you know, continue to listen in and uh, share it with people. And yeah, thank you again for listening, and I'll see you, or I guess I'll hear you, or we'll listen in on the next one. Okay, goodbye.